Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. On today's episode, I'll talk about a website that offers a variety of resources specifically for the local church. And I'll also interview another member of Washington so you can learn more about our people and our ministries. Each week, I highlight resources I hope will help you grow in your relationship with Christ. Today's resource is a website, 9marks.org. That's the number 9, M-A-R-K-S, dot org. On the homepage, you'll find articles, journal entries, a podcast, a bookstore, and other resources. 9marks was founded by Mark Dever, the pastor of Capitol Hill Baptist Church in Washington, D.C., The ministry exists to help Christians think biblically about the local church. It helps educate and equip church members to serve the Lord right where they are in the local church. The ministry's name comes from a book Dever wrote titled Nine Marks of a Healthy Church. If you want to learn about those nine marks, you can go to the top of the homepage and click the About tab. A drop-down menu will appear. Click on The Nine Marks. A list of the nine marks will appear, and you can click on each one and listen to a quick two-minute video of each mark. If you click on the bookstore at the top of the homepage, you'll see some of their books that have many quality books on church matters. If you click on the bundles and sets at the top of the bookstore page, you'll see a list of church series or sets to the left. All of these are great sources for church members. You'll see the First Step series, which address topics like Christian service, Christian character, or Christian relationships, and so on. You'll see the Building Healthy Churches series, which address topics like the gospel, discipling, deacons, conversion, and so on. And you'll also see the Church Questions series, which address questions like What if I don't feel like going to church? Why should I be baptized? Why should I give to my church? How can I find someone to disciple me? And so on. All these resources will encourage you and equip you to serve in the local church. Their books on expository preaching, discipling, and the gospel are really good, as well as many of these others. Today, I want to highlight a book titled, What is a Healthy Church Member? by Tabidi Anyabwele. At some point, you may have asked, what should a member of a local church be doing? Or more specifically, what am I supposed to be doing as a member of this local church? This book offers guidance from Scripture to answer that question. This book explains how each member of the local church can contribute to the growth and health of the church as a whole. Here are the 10 chapters. A healthy church member is an expositional listener. A healthy church member is a biblical theologian. A healthy church member is gospel-saturated. A healthy church member is genuinely converted. A healthy church member is a biblical evangelist. A healthy church member is a committed member. A healthy church member seeks discipline. A healthy church member is a growing disciple. 
A healthy church member is a humble follower. And a, a healthy church member is a prayer warrior. Each chapter includes questions for further reflection and a book recommendations for further study. Again, the title of the book is What is a Healthy Church Member? It's part of the Nine Marks series of books. I think it does a great job of just telling the average church member what they should be doing. The whole ministry of Nine Marks is really good as they go in depth just to reach the average member of the local church because that's exactly the person God uses to advance His kingdom. Today, my guest is Reverend Fred Brown. Thank you for joining me. It's a pleasure to be here, Trent, and I enjoy the opportunity to share with you and with whoever will be listening to this podcast. Well, thank you for your time. Tell me about you and your family. Okay, I'm Fred Brown. I've just reached 77 years old. I've accepted the Lord and... Last night, the Lane Rector told me that September the 2nd, 1952, we accepted the Lord the same evening and were shortly thereafter baptized here in Washington. And we went to church every time the doors was open. That's the way my parents led me. In other words, me and my brother both said the same thing. As children, we had a drug problem we were drugged to church <laughs> and so it's it, the church has been a focal point in my life ever since i've been in, baptized after susan and i got married in 1966 the day i got out of the marine corps got married at El bethel that's where she went to church and we've been growing ever since. We got out of church for a while, but as soon as we, several years after we had been married, uh, we went to Fairview, and there at Fairview, I have a pen now that says that I was in church every Sunday for 22 years. And that, I count that a highlight of my life. But going back, digressing just a little bit. As I went in the Marine Corps, the first thing that they gave me in boot camp was a little New Testament. I read the Bible, the New Testament, every opportunity I got. Even if I was in a formation, if I got out of child line, or chow hall, and we had to stand there in front of the chow hall for several minutes till everybody else gathered together. I would take my Bible out and I would read it. And I was accused of being so much more holy than all the others. And I was criticized for it. Mm-hmm. But I, I was standing up for what I believed in. That's it. And uh, after we got married, it was several years, we were unable to have children of our own and we put in for adoption and in five years, we were adopted a son. 
and uh, that was 1974. And uh, then five years later, we were able to, had to adopted a daughter and we lived in the same place, built our home and lived there for, until we moved down or called to ministry in Echo Hills Baptist Church. I'd like to share a little about my call into the ministry. I've always been faithful to whatever I did. And uh, I was went through an evangelism class and I told the leader of them, who was Jim Tate with, um, he was a DOM of Florence Association, led the meeting at Fairview. And I was at that time a superintendent for Rice Cleveland Construction Company. And we did theaters all over the Southeast, the, all the Ryan Steakhouses, we did all of them. And uh, I was working out of town, but I made it an effort to get back to hit that class learning how to share my testimony of what God was doing for me. Not when I was actually saved, but what he's doing for me today. And I think that's the testimony of should everybody should share is what God is doing for us today, not 50 years ago or whatever. Amen. Uh, and then in, that was in 90, 1990, I went to Rio on a mission trip and I felt that God was calling me into the ministry and I ran. I, I, I refused God. But the day that I surrendered, I still did not do I used all kind of excuses. I said, my job, I'm so important on the job. I'm a superintendent. I go out and I do my job wherever. I might leave home, and I was leaving home mostly every Sunday, and I might not get back home until Friday or Saturday of the next week. And I used that as an excuse, and I used my education. I had graduated in high school in 1962, and I used uh, my education as rejecting the Lord to go. We was doing an olive garden in Columbia, and the project manager came by to me, and I was down on my knees setting the floor drains. And uh, I was talking to the Lord. I mean, I was, I was telling him no, no. And this guy was a member of Buncombe Street Methodist Church there in Greenville. And he says, Fred says, something is going on in your life. What is it? I says, the Lord has called me to preach and I don't want to. Mm -hmm. He said, you better do what God wanted. From there, I went to all but many places, but I was superintendent on a 
job in on Kerr Dam on the North Carolina and Virginia border. I did the job, I kept all my paperwork as they required. I had the red line drawings where everything was. And the inspectors were supposed to come out on Friday to release the job, didn't make it till Saturday morning. And I handed them red line drawings, all my payrolls, how much it was paid to each person that was employed. I was coming down the road and my head was so big because he said that I have never had a superintendent to do what you've done. And I, I did, I had a big head. I said, wonder what job I'm going to next. I know we got a, a Lowe's in Savannah. We got theaters in Seneca and all around, we had all big jobs going. Monday morning I went in the office and I found out where I was going. I was going home, I didn't have a job. Wow. I walked out of the office crying. I said, okay, Lord, I surrender, whatever you want me to do. So in, right at the, amazingly, the next Sunday, Jimmy Epting came to Fairview and spoke. He came to a breakfast we had at Shoney's, and I was without a job. Of course, I went to the breakfast, and he told me he, we'd like to see you in North Greenville. So in January of 92, I was the oldest freshman at North Greenville College, <laughs> oh. and uh, graduating three years with a four-year degree with honors. Mm -hmm. And while I was there, Echo Hills was looking for an associate pastor. And I, I went down for the interview and they hired me. And I was there for the next 26 years. In the next few years, few months really, the pastor came in one Sunday and I had actually I, I saw some conflict in his life. I saw some conflict in my life. And I actually went in to resign. And before I could mention it to him, he told me, says, July the 1st is going to be my last Sunday. And they he announced it that Sunday. And I was asked to be the pastor instead of take over from my associate pastor. And I told him no. And but the man called me, Fred Messer, told me, says, Fred, I'd like for you to think about it. You pray about it. And I went back that night and I told him, Okay, if you want me as a if a church wants me, I'll be I'll try to be the pastor. I was there for the next twenty something years, over twenty four years. And having a business, I had the plumbing business for 20-something years. It was hard for me to do the visitation. And, but I, I visited where I could and tried to make it a point every time 
that I had someone in the hospital. I tried to make it a point to visit them in the hospital or as soon thereafter as I could in their home. And then, after 26 years being there, we had COVID. We got down to where it was me and one other and my brother Gerald and my wife Susan and that was it and I went to talk to the Randy Bradley and he said well says you're not the only church that's in this situation mm-hmm. says what we advise you to do if it's it's got to be 100%. You've got to turn everything over to the association. So we had a big call business meeting and had the largest group that we'd had there in about two years mm-hmm. yeah. to vote. And we voted to just turn everything over, all assets to the association. Mm. And... Uh, Praise the Lord, what's it? he's doing at that facility now. I talk to Ross as often as I can. And they, he says, and, and other people around that knew that I was there so many years says, wow, says, they sure are having a lot of cars in the parking lot at Echo Hills. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's not called Echo Hills anymore. It's called God's Church. Mm-hmm. And right. that's what it is. It's what it's being used that's right. for. That's right. So what I did, I feel sometimes as a failure. But I realize I'm not. I, everything that I've ever done, I can see that God has had his hand in it. That is an amazing story, really, of, of God calling you out of the, the business world even at an older age, and uh, you being dedicated enough to go to, to school and then to take that call to ministry, that God placed you where you needed to be and used you in a mighty way, and then for you to turn that church, that whole property over to the association just to say that I trust God, that that is God's property, and God will do it as he pleases, and then God had Ross Burgess there, one of our members, uh, ready to kind of step in and do his ministry, uh, which is a different type of ministry too, where he has that motorcycle ministry uh, was his base here. And he's kind of taken that to that church just to reach out to anyone who's there. And uh, the community, like you say, has been well received in that. And that's just a testimony, I think, of the church. Like you say, turning everything over to God and trusting that God will supply the workers and that uh, when you're faithful, God's work's done. His kingdom's expanded. And that's, that's a testimony to you in a mighty way. Well, tell us, um, you kind of described there, your, you started at Washington and then had the call to ministry and went to Echo Hills. So what kind of led you back to Washington? Every time I've known Drew probably when he was at Pleasant Grove and Every time I'd go out, especially to the hospital, who would be there but Drew Hines? Mm-hmm. 
Right. And Drew and I, we began to develop a friendship, a relationship. And uh, that's really the pastor is what led me back to Washington. And the fact that I was baptized here. That's right, yeah. Uh, that is basically the reason that we came back. Yes, well, we're glad you're here, and you're you're one of many retired pastors who are, are at Washington in our membership, and that's a blessing to our church. Um, I can think of probably five right off that we have who are retired um, pastors, but they still want to serve, you know, and, and, and to minister. And so we are blessed to have uh, you and those others who are here. And Drew is a big reason why, is they do know he is in the community. He's visiting people. Um, that he knows the people here at Washington. He's invested in their lives, and that makes for a strong church. We're, we're blessed to have Drew as, our, as our, our pastor. Well, how are you really involved here at Washington now? Because I know you've been a, a, a member here a few months, I guess since November. Is that right? Well, we've been coming since November. Okay. But because of COVID and because of Susan's condition health-wise, we have not been as faithful as we want to be. Mm-hmm. And I want to be as active as I can be, mm-hmm. as the Lord let me be, mm-hmm. and uh, do whatever the Lord leads us to do. That's it. But without her, I couldn't do it. That's right, yeah. You want to do it with your wife and for her to be able to do it. And... Um, I know you say you've signed up for Washington 101. That's right. Which is uh, something we offer for new members or for those who are um, kind of in visiting our church or want to get to know our church. And we have that on Thursday nights. And um, I think you'll enjoy kind of getting the tour of the building and and, um, even meeting some other people. It's a good way to meet people is to come to those things. And so I know in the, in the time you've been here that you, you are still active, like you say, and have connections. And, and that's, that's a blessing. Well, tell us, my last question is always, what do you think is the best thing about Washington Baptist Church? Now, I know you mentioned Drew earlier, and that may be your answer here, but what, do you, what is the best thing about Washington? The faithfulness of some of the members. I've known, I've known some of them for years. Some that are here today as faithful as when I was, when we was joined in, well, like I said, I was baptized in 52. Mm-hmm. Don Black came in 53. Mm-hmm. He told me yesterday morning he, they came in 53. Yeah. And I remember him and what he's meant to the church and mm-hmm. what so many of them people, and Richard Vaughn. I went, Richard and I have been friends a long time. I first met Richard when I was about 14, 15 years old. And uh, we we went our separate ways. But when the association started, wanted a relief trailer for the missions, mm-hmm. yes, they asked me to do the plumbing in the trailer. And I I did the plumbing, and I got to the point where we needed the lavatories. I contacted Richard, and he did the cabinets in the lavatory for the lavatories and the shower trailer that the association has. 
And so there, our relations, our paths came together again. And we've been hand in hand, you might say. Yeah. For yes. the many years since then. And, that's uh, right. That's one reason. And my cousin Jim mm-hmm. is always been after me yes. to come to Washington, try yes. Washington, try yes. Washington. And we did, and we love it. We mm-hmm. love it. Yes. Well, we are glad you are here, you and your wife both. Um, and uh, can't wait to see what God's going to do through you here. Um, and like you say, the faithful servants that we have here uh, that you mentioned, there are many others. And then that's the thing about Washington is it, it is a church full of people willing to serve and willing to give God the glory for whatever happens here. And I know you're that way. So that's why we're blessed that you're here. And I uh, can't wait to see what all continues to happen here, what God does through you. So I appreciate your, your time today. It was good to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Reverend Brown is one of our new members. He mentioned he's planning on attending Washington 101 this week. Washington 101 is held on the last Thursday of every month. It provides guests, new members, or those interested in our church, an opportunity to meet the staff, hear the history of the church, and tour our facility. It's also a great time to get answers to questions you may have. Our next session of Washington 101 will be this Thursday, April 22nd at 7 p.m. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at WashingtonBaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe to this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.